there's more to this life than I thought. And James inspires me. The things he says have encouraged me. It's like there's a walk, there's a path, and it's leading to something more real than I've ever known before, and it's exciting. I get around James and I hear things that help me in my life, my work. This work he talks about has become my work. I am excited about the possibility that other people could be affected, other people could be inspired to work on themselves, to grow, to, to realize there's more to this life. Do you know that cows are given growth hormones rather than an education because of what men want to do with them? We don't send cows to school. We don't buy books for them. We don't save money for them to get a college education. What we do is we give them growth hormones because what we want to do with them is eat them. An acorn falls from an oak tree. It lies on the ground and it starts to rot there. A pig can come along and eat it. Acorns rotting on the ground are eaten by pigs. Growing into a tree, that acorn has another destiny. The oak can be used to make a house, table, chairs. Acorns can't. The other morning I was asleep and I had my, a window open right by my bed and I heard this horrible racket and it sounded like a little dog being hurt, crying and then it went on for a little bit, about maybe 30 seconds, then all of a sudden it just stopped and I never heard another sound. Well, of course, where we live, coyotes come and get pets and things like that, and they eat them. The sound was so difficult for me to hear that it woke me up, and it disturbed me. But to the coyote, it wasn't disturbing at all. And it reminded me of one morning I woke up about the same kind of thing, and but the geese were all yelling. And so I grabbed the flashlight and looked out the window, and there was a coyote in the yard, and it had a goose. And the goose was trying to get away. And it was crying and carrying on and yelling. But when I shined the flashlight on the coyote, the coyote dropped the goose and ran. So I quick got dressed and ran downstairs, but the coyote had killed the goose and then took off. It was disturbing to me because of the way life uses life. When a man is used by life, he is grown and something lower feeds on him. And they say nature is pitiless. It's the survival of the fittest. Big fish eats little fish. Big bird eats little bird. Big snake eats little snake. The bigger eats the smaller. But of course, that's not always true because eventually the bigger dies as well and then something smaller eats it. When a man uses life consciously, he develops in a vertical direction to a higher plane. What does it mean to develop to a higher plane? Well, first of all, what it means for us is we can develop to a higher state of consciousness, to a higher level of being. We can become more aware. We can become aware of more things than we are currently aware of. We can hold more things together than we can currently hold together. It's a lot like weightlifting. You start off and you may be able to lift 80 pounds. If you keep working at it, after a while, you'll find you're, lift, you're able to lift 85 pounds and then 90 pounds and then 100 pounds. So you can expand it. And this consciousness thing is the same sort of thing. By using life consciously, we can develop to a higher level of being. Where does that higher level of being lead to? That doesn't really matter that much now. What matters now is the level just above you, the level that you can begin to see, but you can't quite reach. That's what matters to you because that is where you need to focus. That's where you need to aim for. You need to aim at allowing more light into yourself seeing more of yourself, 
not identifying with it, and then seeing where that will lead. To develop, we've got to cease to be one-sided. Up to a certain age, we have a small developed part that's used for everything. In the work, it's called good householder. A good householder is someone who has developed his personality to a point where he has something to offer life. He can do electrical work, or he can do carpentry, or he can uh, drive a truck, or he can, or she can do whatever he or she can do. They have something to offer life, and so they can make their way in life. And for a very long time, people rely just on that little part that they've developed, they, and they call that working on their career. And then that brings them all of the other things that they want. But it's really still a very small part of themselves that they have developed. So it's specialization in a, in a sense. We must begin to get behind ourselves to see where we've become stuck. One way of seeing things, ourselves, others, and events. You see, the problem is, is when we only develop one side of ourselves, we only see things in one way. A carpenter sees wood, and he thinks what he can make of that. An electrician sees a dark area, and he thinks what kind of lights he can put in there. A truck driver sees a road, and he thinks, how long will it take to get down that road, and what could I deliver? We develop one-sided, and then we see everything according to that one side. What were your parents? Were your parents, were they religious or were they not religious? And if they were religious or not religious, when you were a child, you said you were whatever religion your parents were. When you were a child, whatever your parents, whatever party your parents voted for, that was the party that you were. Now, a lot of people never changed that. They're 30 or 35 or 40 years old, and they're still doing the same thing. They still have that one-sided development where they have never really looked beyond the one side. The point of all this is that we need to stop seeing things one way, stop seeing ourselves only in one light, stop seeing others and events only in one light and reacting to them always in the same way. In other words, we need balancing, and life doesn't care. Life is fine with you being one-sided. In fact, it serves life's purpose for you to be one-sided in the same way that it serves man's purpose to give cows growth hormones instead of education. Because we are getting what we want, we're not going to change anything. Because life is getting what it wants from you, it's not going to change you. People think that life is going to evolve them. No, life will grow them, but it will not evolve them. Evolution has to come on another line from another direction. To expect life to do it for us is a mistake, the same mistake the cows make when they don't educate themselves. So, as I've said, we've got to begin to get behind ourselves to see where we've become stuck, where we are one-sided, how we are one-sided. Esoteric teachings do care about us and will help those who wish it. If you don't wish it, it doesn't matter. If you do wish it, the influence is there for you if you'd like to bring yourself under that influence. We begin by seeing our limitations rather than unconsciously projecting them out into others. The hard part is the way we do things now, the one-sided way we do things now, the automatic way we do things now, is we don't see our own limitations. Rather, we project them out into others. And then we get upset with those other people. So we begin there. We begin by seeing our limitations inside ourselves. Well, of course, we can't really begin there because we don't believe that we have those limitations. How we find out we have those limitations is someone else tells us, and we don't believe them. And so what we do is then we trade limitations with them. 
In other words, they tell us our limitations and then we tell them theirs. And of course, one of their limitations is not being able to see that we don't have any limitations. And we're rather one-sided about that when you think about it. It's called arguing, fighting, not getting along. That of which we are unconscious in ourselves acts powerfully against our development. See, the thing is, is that the cows are unconscious of the growth hormones, and that acts powerfully against their ability to have a long, happy life, to die a natural death, to go where they want, to do what they want. It acts very powerfully against that. The same is true with us. What we are not conscious of is acting powerfully against our development. It is keeping us fixed in one direction, in one line, on one side. And it's like a wheel that has a weight on one side of it. It's never really going to be true. The wheel won't be true because it won't be balanced. And so it'll wobble. So you have your wheels balanced on your cars. And if they don't do it properly, you get to a certain speed and it feels like the car is going to come apart. But if they do it properly, you can get through all speeds and the car just runs smoothly and there's no shimmy, no shake, no bounce. I've seen cars going down the freeway where they literally were bouncing. The tires were actually bouncing. They were so out of balance. We are out of balance and that's how we are going through life. There's some people who just shimmy through life slightly. There's some people who wobble through life. There's some people who bounce through life. Very few people smoothly move through life from one place to another smoothly without a big racket, without a lot of drama. Think about the drama in your life. It's because we're out of balance. So in a sense, life, if we take it the way it's meant to be taken, esoterically, becomes a balancing act. It becomes our job to balance ourselves so that we begin to develop fully instead of just in one direction or the opposite direction. But we start to develop in all directions. When you know better and act worse, it is some undeveloped part of you discharging energy unconsciously. Because if you know better and you act worse, you have to admit it's unconscious. And what it is, is some part of you that you can't see, something you're not aware of, that's discharging some kind of energy. And you don't know how, and you don't know why, and you don't know what. You just know that something unpleasant is happening in your life. And it's probably someone else's fault. Not everyone will develop. Human animal types won't develop. This work is for those who have more. This is a difficult concept for people, especially people who believe that life should be fair, who don't know that life is actually quite fair. It's just not fair according to our standards of fair. There's a story in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25. It's verses 14 through 30. I'd like to read it to you. For it is just like a man about to go on a journey who called his own slaves and entrusted his possessions to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, each according to his own ability. And he went on his journey. Immediately, the one who had received the five talents went and traded with them and gained five more talents. In the same manner, the one who had received the two talents gained two more. But he who received the one talent went away and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. And the one who had received the five talents came up and brought five more talents, saying, Master, you entrusted five talents to me. See, I've gained five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. 
The one also who had received the two talents came up and said, Master, you entrusted to me two talents. See, I have gained two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one also who had received the one talent came up and said, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. And I was afraid and went away and hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what is yours. But his master answered and said to him, You wicked, lazy slave, you knew that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have put my money in the bank, and on my arrival I would have received my money back with interest. Therefore take away the talent from him and give it to the one who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has shall more be given, and he shall have an abundance. But from the one who does not have, even what he does have shall be taken away. And cast out the worthless slave into the outer darkness. In that place there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, a lot of people get plugged in with this story because they don't understand it. They see it as, oh, some God gave you something and, and you didn't do whatever he thought you should do with it. And now he's going to punish you for it and you're going to be cast into outer darkness. And a lot of people like to think of that as hell. And they'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Well, you're already in outer darkness, so you can't get there from here. And you're already weeping and gnashing your teeth. And that's what life is about. Our job is to try and get out of outer darkness. We're already in outer darkness. We're already unconscious of the things that make us suffer. We're already unconscious of our faults and the things that contract us and cramp us and keep us from balancing ourselves and being full and being in charge of many things. So what is it that the master said? Well done, I'll put you in charge of many things. I'll put you over many things. The thing is, is when you only have developed one side and you've developed that only, your one talent, you've taken what you've been given and only worked with that and nothing else and haven't gained anything else, you're not balanced. So you're in outer darkness. There's weeping, there's gnashing of teeth. If you want to stop that, the way to stop it is not to blame your weeping and your gnashing of teeth on other people outside of you. The way to stop that is to begin to develop the other sides of yourself, to take what you have and instead of burying it in the ground, going and trading with it or working with it until you can finally gain more because that's how it works. You go one way or the other. The thing about life is there's no static point. What happened to the man who thought there was a static point and took the talent, took the money and buried it in the ground and then gave it back to him is he became even more unconscious and even what he had was taken away from him and then given to the guy who had 10. We would look at that, well, why didn't you give it to the guy who had, you know, who gained who had two and then gained four and gained two more and had four because then he would have had five and he would have had a better chance of getting ten. But you see, the whole idea of this is for you to gain more. And so those who have more gain more. They're given more because they have more to work with and they can be trusted with more. Those who don't do anything with what they have can't be trusted with what they have. So it has to be taken away from them and given to someone who can be trusted. How you can show that you can be trusted is to work with what you have, to bring what you have in the darkness out into the light. And what is it we have in the darkness? Well, all of the things that we don't like about ourselves. We hide all those things away. So we're either slaves to life or servants of the light. It depends on us. To become a balanced man, man number four, as this work calls it, we must work on what we are and develop new understanding 
new meaning, new interests. Here at Solid Rock, we do many things people wouldn't ordinarily do. Think back over the years at the number of things that I've wooed you into. The list is long. And the reason is because developing new interest and expanding your consciousness is what this work is about. Building houses, playing instruments, taking voice lessons, exercises, movements, introducing you to the idea of studying Morse code and getting a ham radio license. All of those things were things that you didn't think of doing. All of those things were things that expanded your horizons, expanded your interest, opened things up to you in ways that you would have not been opened up had you not tried those things. There's a reason we do all these things. It's because developing new understanding, new meaning, and new interest is what helps us to become balanced. Higher centers are fully developed and working in us all the time. We know that. We've heard that many times. But we're not receptive to their vibrations. Because of the diseased emotional function, the, the emotional center, that which facilitates our emotions, is diseased. And what that means, it's choked with negative emotions. So our ability to feel, to feel emotions, not sensations, but to feel emotions, is choked and hindered by negative emotions. So that the only kind of emotions that we really can feel are negative emotions. So this is obviously one of the things that make it impossible to hear the meanings coming from higher emotional center. Negative emotions are like the tears sown in the wheat field. When did that happen? Well, you slept. Well, an enemy came and did this. Well, who was the enemy? Well, the enemy was your sleeping. The enemy was life using you for its purpose instead of you waking up and developing and balancing and, and finding a higher purpose. So you're going to be used by one thing or another. You're going to be used by something lower, or you're going to be used by something higher. You're going to be eaten by something lower, or you're going to be eaten by something higher. You're going to be assimilated by something lower, or you're going to be assimilated by something higher. The choice is yours if you can see that you have a choice. If you can't see that you have a choice, then of course the choice isn't yours. Unless we change our thinking, begin to think in a new way, other changes won't take place. What we have to work with is the intellectual part of ourselves. We can start to seed new ideas, powerful ideas, positive ideas, ideas that come from a higher realm into our intellectual part. And we can begin to change the way we think about things. If we can do that, then other changes can occur because one thing always leads to another. Unless we change meaning coming from esoteric ideas won't be possible. Unless we can get into a place where we can start to eliminate some of these negative emotions and make space for something else to come into us, something positive on an emotional level. We're not going to change. The ideas in and of themselves will not work. You have to apply them and you have to change your own thinking. Now it's true that the ideas will begin to influence your thinking, but there will come a time when you have to make a choice. We rely on our center of gravity, whether it's intellectual, emotional, or the moving center. Perpetuating imbalance through disuse. When we rely on just one center and we're not using the other ones, we perpetuate the imbalance. So the idea is to begin to smoothly use as many as we can, to smoothly, slowly, gradually allow these ideas to spill over into the other centers. This malfunction ensures receiving only one meaning on a lower level rather than multiple meanings blending with meaning from higher centers. 
See, the problem with us is that something comes into us and we take it through the one window we always look out. We always take this event, somebody cutting you off on the freeway, deliberately coming up, pulling alongside of you, blowing the horn, flipping you off, and then quickly cutting over in front of you and slamming the brakes on. You have a way that you deal with that. You have a window that you look out and you always see it the same way. What this work suggests is that you can learn to deal with that situation in another way. If your way of dealing with the situation is to get frightened and slam on your brakes and pull off the road and sit there and try and calm yourself while you shake and cry and, oh, it's a terrible thing that terrible person did to me and I didn't know and it wasn't my fault and boo-hoo. If that's your way of dealing with it, there's another way to deal with it. If your way of dealing with it is then to chase the person down and try and run him off the road, then there's another way of dealing with it. If your way is to run into the person when he slams on the brakes in front of you and then call your attorney and sue him, then there's another way of dealing with it. What this work is about is giving us the options to deal with things in different ways, giving us other windows that we can look out to view life, to take life in, to take events in, to take people in, to make change possible. Flashes of higher meaning are possible all the time, giving us new ways to see things, new ways to see events, new ways to see ourselves, new ways to see others. We are suffering from a lack of new ways to take things in. You're suffering in your relationships from a lack of new ways to take in the other person and yourself and the relationship. Flashes of higher meaning let us transform impressions so that we don't see things as we automatically see them ordinarily. You have that space. When the impression comes in, you have that space before it gets into you where you can make a decision if you want to take it this way or that way. Do I really want to behave the way I've always behaved in this situation? Or could I behave in a different way? Do I have another option? Is there some other center? Is there some other part of me that can respond to this rather than the part of me that always responds to this? If all functions were working in us, we could see everything in many different ways. This is an expansion of consciousness. I wrote something the other day about Dr. House and people responded with comments about how they didn't like him, how some people really liked him, and how some people didn't like him, and they listed all the things that were wrong with him, how arrogant he was, and how he was cruel, and, and on and on. I thought, well, yeah, I guess. And I, I guess I could see all those things, but I could see a lot of other things as well. And so it was interesting to see people be so one-sided, because I had not really thought of the character in such a one-sided way. But they were showing me things that I had not considered, they were lopsided things. They were unbalanced things. They were wholly negative or wholly wonderful. It wasn't a broad, expansive, full perspective of the man. It was just this one-sided, either this or that, the pendulum. Either we love him or we hate him. But there was nothing full about it. There was nothing in between. There was no roundness about the view of the man or the character until someone else came along and said, he's a fictional character just like Sherlock Holmes. And that, in fact, look at the, the parallel between Holmes and House. Take the L out of Holmes, and you have Holmes and House. House, Holmes. Holmes plays a violin when he thinks and solves his riddles and his problems and his crimes and his, gets his solutions. Whereas House plays with his cane or bounces a ball or plays with a yo-yo. In other words, he fiddles, but he doesn't fiddle with a violin. He doesn't fiddle with a fiddle. So you have both of them 
who are drug abusers. Holmes shoots up cocaine and House chucks down Vicodin. And so I began to see this whole correlation and the more things I saw, the more amusing it became. Because on, w on one side, you see Sherlock Holmes, somebody who people, oh, he's wonderful. But again, he can be very objective, distant, and people who are not objective, people who tend to be more subjective, find objectivity cruel. So a coyote eats a neighborhood pet, and the pet owner calls it cruel. The coyote calls it supper and doesn't think it's cruel at all because the coyote is, a, is subjective in its own way. It says, well, this is supper. But it's objective to, well, th there are no pets in coyote land. They don't have pets. So they look at that whole relationship thing objectively. They don't see it that way. They see it all as a matter of necessity. I need to eat. You need to feed me. You're available. I'm hungry. That's the end of that. We don't see it that way because we're more subjective. We're more identified with the pets. With these new choices that we have, if we can expand our consciousness, giving us new choices, we can learn to harmonize our functions rather than rely solely on one center and its functions, excluding all the rest. Rather than reacting in always the same way to this person or to this event or to this situation, we begin to react in a different way. The way I used to react to coyotes killing my animals was to kill the coyotes. And then one day I said, you know, I don't want to kill the coyotes anymore. That's the same thing they're doing. I want to do something else. So I decided to try and externally consider coyotes. So I put my mind into the mind of coyotes and I said, all right, what is it that they respect? How do they behave? They all have laws and rules that they go by. What are their rules? Well, one of their rules is territory. So I said, okay, well, I have a fence up and they don't recognize fences as territorial markers, but they do recognize scent as territorial markers. They mark their territory with scent. So I said, okay, so I went out and marked my fence line with scent. There are two ways to do that. You can, you can sandpaper your skin off and sprinkle that around. You can cut your hair and sprinkle that around, or you can go urinate on the fence line. I chose the latter because it was easier. And the coyote problem stopped. Never had a coyote in my yard, yard since then. So it was responding with a different center. Instead of the emotional center, the negative emotions, you know, the emotional apparatus that would respond by going out and killing the coyote, in revenge. Instead, the intellectual center decided, well, maybe there's another way to do this, and responded to it intellectually. The moving center got involved and went out along the fence line and urinated. The coyotes stopped coming into the yard. That's what I mean by expanding your consciousness. Now, that's a practical example, but practical examples are what we need. It's what we have to have. We could keep this whole thing in the textbooks, but why not take it out in the yard? Because this is life. And this process of allowing these esoteric teachings to change us is a process that involves life. We interact with life, and we make the changes real, not just imaginary, not just intellectual. The result is a greater understanding and a higher level of being. What's a word for a greater understanding and a higher level of being? How about development? Would that be a good word? Let's use that word. That word, development, will now be our code word for a greater understanding and a higher level of being. We'll call that development from now on. Of course, I'll have to remind you of that from time to time, I'm sure. Balanced man, man number four, is a man in whom all centers and their functions can be called upon with all their different meanings and interpretations. So it's not that difficult. In any given situation, you can be balanced man. You can be, right now. 
All you have to do is call on all of your different faculties in any given situation. Rather than react with just one, call on all of them and look at it in as many different ways as you can, not giving any undue weight over the others. No preference, because this one's easier, because this one's familiar, because this one you've always done. But weigh them all together. Unbalanced man sees through one window, one part of the center, and has no breadth of being, making him narrow. Narrow is not necessarily a bad thing. It's just very limited. It's like a guitar with one string. Guitars are supposed to have six strings. A guitar with one string, you can play a whole scale. You can fret that string and play a whole scale, but you can only play one note at a time. A guitar with six strings, you can obviously play at least six notes at a time, and they can be six different notes. But a guitar with one string, you can play one note at a time, and it can only be one note. Such a person may seem to have great strength and will in life because he sounds the same note always. We look to people with one string, and we call them strong, and we call them popular, and we call them important. Donald Trump can do what? He can make money. Warren Buffett can do what? He can make money. We look up to these people. <sighs> Who's a singer, popular singer? Well, <laughs> okay. Madonna. Madonna, okay. Madonna can do one thing, she can sing. Well, she can act too, though, I guess. Well, some people think she can act. <laughs> Sorry, Madonna. Chances of you hearing this are probably pretty slim, but I mean no harm. Your name just came up in a conversation. <laughs> From the point of view of development, he is the weakest, the most automatic, because he's a one-sided man. Who? Whomever has one guitar string, whomever has one side, you, me, whomever, whoever is limited by only reacting in one way, only letting life come in through one window or one door or one center. One-sidedness is a sign of weakness of being. The man who took the one talent that he was given and buried it in the ground, it was a sign of weakness of being. The man who took the five talents and got five more, it was a sign of strength of being, well-rounded being, balanced man. And so balanced man will attract more to him because he has more centers open to life, more ways, more meaning, more value, more influence pouring in on him. And he will grow faster, bigger, stronger, better and more balanced. That's the man you want to be. So get your balancing act together and start to work on all of the centers. Often the practical application of these ideas sounds like it's going to be easy. The ideas sound great. When we actually run into a situation or a person who's being a little more difficult than we'd like, we find it's not as easy as we thought it was going to be. If you've hit a snag with some aspect of this work and its practical application, in your everyday life, I invite you to write James at SolidRockVista.com. Sometimes a fresh perspective is all it takes to get us back on the right track.